Welcome to the McKissick Health Podcast, where we discuss how one choice can ignite your purpose, and that one choice is about to change your life. Okay, y'all, we're back with episode three of the McKissick Health Podcast. I know you guys are like, what the heck? It's been so long. Finally, she's back. So I am here and we're going full speed like we never stop. Today's episode is about unanswered prayers and we're going to actually discuss how to fix the distance that you feel in your spiritual life. And I know some of us experience that where we're just like, I don't want to read my Bible. I'm having difficulty praying and connecting with God. Like, I just feel like there's bad vibes there. It's just I'm feeling some type of way with my relationship with God. And so I'm going to give you a few tips that I use when I'm in that kind of headspace. And hopefully we can work through it together. So without hesitating, let's just jump into it. It might get a little messy, but that's all right. Stay tuned. This episode of the podcast has been supported by Vicky Sweet Sweet Talk Podcast. Listen to women of faith get together and discuss faith, love, balance, and their personal journey. You can listen to the Sweet Talk Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on their website. For more information about the Sweet Talk Podcast, look at the description details for this episode. All right, so I just love my friends. I had to shout out vicky sweets podcast sweet talk and my friend tori roach for her dedication to ministry i mean she just has such a huge heart she just encouraged me in so many different ways also um with gifts and so i had to shout out her podcast and all the great things that she's doing so if you haven't checked out the sweet talk podcast definitely look that up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and give it a listen because she has some great content with some phenomenal women from across the nation. So definitely check out that podcast. All right, unanswered prayers. Ooh, this one has gotten good to me, y'all. I think maybe we'll start a series on unanswered prayers and I'll talk this episode about how to fix the distance in your spiritual life. Maybe the next episode, I'll talk about what to do when God doesn't answer a prayer the way you want him to. Ooh, this is gonna be good. Okay, where do we begin? I think in the past month, I've talked to probably four different people, either in coaching calls that I've been taking, or just friends and having regular conversations, or family members. I don't even, I can't even remember who, but I know there's been this theme of something feels off, right? Something feels unusual in my relationship with God. And there's like this struggle to pick it back up, to revive the relationship, to actually connect with God again in the ways that you used to. And I think that happens to all of us at some point in our faith journey, because it's a journey. Like any other relationship, it takes work to be in relationship with God. Just because God is a spirit doesn't mean you don't have to put in time. I think that's one of the main misconceptions we have within the faith community right now is that God is just going to speak to me whether or not I open up my Bible. So I might as well not. Well, God is still going to send somebody to speak a word over my life whether or not I do prayer this morning. So I might skip it. Like, 
No, when you set yourself up to practice things only when it seems most beneficial or most advantageous to you and what situation you're in at that point, you create what I would call like noise, like digital noise, that um, popping sound that you hear in like audio or in a video where the lines are like going across the screen. That's that digital noise, that disruption. So when you skip prayer, or when you skip doing your devotional, you create an opportunity for that digital noise to get louder, right? And the longer you wait to reconnect with God through prayer or through reading your Bible, the worse or louder that noise gets. When you think about it like that, you want to maintain at the like the minimum level of digital noise possible. So what do you have to do? Well, every morning I got to read some kind of devotional or every morning I have to start out my day with prayer or else that digital noise is all I hear until the evening time and I come home. And then how can you operate in a spirit of excellence? How can you ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you throughout your day when you haven't started out by inviting the Holy Spirit to take up that space, right? I think what we have to focus on is two things. One, our relationship with God is a relationship and we got to put in time. Whether or not you want to, whether or not things in your life aren't rocky right now and you don't really need to be calling on God, you're like, I think God got some other people who are more important than what I'm going through right now. That's not the case. God is like, I always want to hear from you. Keep in touch. God is like that annoying mentor that you get. Um, who's like, oh, call me if you need me and call me when you don't need me. Like, I just want you to meet with me once a week in order to talk to me about where your progress is in the program or da da da. Like, that is God. Consider God the person who's like, no matter what you're going through, come and talk to me. Like the annoying parent too, who's like, how's your day? How are you doing? Like, just pencil it in because you'll feel so much better when you do. Psalm 145, 18 through 19 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. And I think what's so important about that scripture is the fact that it clarifies God is not hiding from you. And that's so important when we talk about relationships because I know a lot of us deal with abandonment issues and a lot of us deal with guilt about needing too much in a relationship or wanting too much in a relationship. And some of us even struggle to communicate our needs and our desires. So it's very important to understand that when we're talking about our relationship with God, God is not someone who is trying to manipulate your needs or manipulate you into not being able to be your complete and whole self. In your relationship with God, you can be as vulnerable as you would like to be. You can be as needy as you would like to be because God is right there with open arms. The first part of that scripture says the Lord is near to all who call upon him. We know how many people are in the world. If God is like, I'm here for all of y'all, clearly he has the time. He has the time to be here for everyone. So you can never have too many needs. You can never take up too much of God's time. Therefore, you need to spend time with God in order to build a relationship where you can call upon God and you don't feel guilty about it. You don't feel guilty about 
um, whatever request you put into God or just the need to rest in God's presence and feel God's love showering on you. I mean, there's no greater feeling in the world, I believe, than when you're sitting in the presence of God. It tops like anything you can possibly imagine if you haven't been committed or disciplined about scheduling your worship time and really just resting in the anointing of God, I really encourage you to do so. Because when you make that call, girl, when you hit that speed dial, when you say, Siri, please call God because I need help. Girl, when you sit down and you really tap into that realm, that anointing, that spiritual flow, it transforms everything you're going through. And sometimes we tell ourselves, don't pray, don't go worship, don't read your Bible, don't go to church, don't go to Bible study, don't go to fellowship night with the other young adults because the enemy knows that's the, that's the negative voice in your head that the enemy uses to deter you from tapping into the exact thing that you need. And it blows my mind how we can deprive ourselves of the very thing that is going to restore us, that is going to heal us. And so many people struggle with that. So many people struggle with making time to pray, knowing that prayer is the thing that's going to change their outlook on their life. Making time to worship when they know that in that worship, God is going to speak the word that they need to hear. Making time to go to church because they know if they go to church and they tell just one or two people about what they're going through, they're going to connect them with somebody else in their network who can get the job done. We set ourselves up. It's like self-sabotage all over again. If you listen to episode two of Poor Choices, we talked about self-sabotage. And you are sabotaging yourself when you don't enter into worship, when you don't enter into God's presence, seeking something, right? Not just like wandering on in, like, I guess I'm a prey. Like it's the Eeyore spirit. I guess I'm a prey. Hi, poo. No, enter in like, God, Jesus, here I am. Listen, I'm messed up right now and I need you to help me get out of it. So whatever it is we got to do, we're going to have to do it. Just entering in, in all honesty, transparency, God can take it. I assure you, God can take it. Why? Because God created you. And if God created you, he already had a taste of everything that's in you. Come on, somebody. He can take this extraness. Girl, now don't enter into his presence saying, Sierra told me I could cuss at you. No, 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 no. I did not say that. Do not do that. But you can enter in with what situation you're currently in. It's not like I get through my struggle and then I go talk to God. I go talk to God to get through my struggle. Come on, somebody. I feel my help. God is going to mediate whatever it is I'm fighting with and give me the strength I need to see my way through it, to move past it, to work through it, whatever it is. God is going to help me get through that. And that's what you do in prayer. That's what you do in worship. That's what you do when you're of one mind and one spirit with God. That's what happens. That's that transformational space that you enter into that God then uses to release you from the bondage, from the pressure, from the weight. Sometimes we say we feel a heaviness. That is what God releases you from when you're in worship and when you're in prayer. So again, that scripture was Psalm 145, 18 through 19. And it is really, really 
just speaking a prophetic word about God's power to be present, to be present and be that help in the time of need, to be that strength in the time of your weakness. I think one of the most inspiring things that I find in faith is knowing that God is strong when I am weak. And I feel weak a lot, guys. I know most people who encounter you immediately see your assertiveness or your like go-getter attitude and they just think you're strong all the time. Lies you tell, child. No, I am weak most of the time. The strength you see is all God, not me. I will never lie to somebody and say, you know what? I just know how to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Child, no, I didn't have shoes. What you mean straps? No, girl, this is all God. This is all God. And it's from being in relationship with God that I am able to work through these things. And so that's what I'm going to help you get to. I'm going to help you get to a point where your relationship with God is so deep, okay, where y'all wrap so tight with one another that you immediately go to God. When you wake up with a headache, you going to God, okay? When you wake up with anxiety, I struggle with that. Um, in grad school, let me think, for my MDiv, like the first two years, every morning I had to go to class, I would wake up with nausea. I was so nauseous and not to the point of vomiting, but just like the really twisted stomach feeling so anxiety anxiety was running all through me and I really had to just commit myself to praying because that was the only way I was going to release my spirit in the morning like it was first thing in the morning nothing happened I just opened my eyes and now I can't eat I can't even sit still because my stomach is so upset God delivered me from that thank you Jesus but there is a need for you to combat these very human experiences with something that's spiritual in order for you to work your way through the human experience. So that's why faith is a journey because it's going to go in cycles. You're going to have these cycles where you feel distance between you and God. Now, you know, I just need to put in work. I need to put in time in my relationship. So that's number one. Again, if you want to work through that distance that you're feeling in your relationship with God, you got to put in time. It's as simple as that. You got to read your Bible, get an understanding of who God is and who God has called you to be, and then work through it. Continue to fight with it, toil with it until God gives you an understanding of why that distance was there, what God wants you to reflect on, what behaviors or thoughts or patterns you need to change in your own life, and then also set yourself up for success by implementing community into your life because a lot of times we don't have a community, a fellowship of believers who can encourage us when we're feeling discouraged or when we're feeling lonely and so that contributes to the distance that we feel in our relationship with God because we have no human mirrors of God's love and grace and mercy in our lives so you have to find people who have a Christ-like mind and are willing to be in relationship with you in ways that are healthy and uplifting and encouraging so that you can continue on your Christian journey. The second thing you want to do is accept that you'll fall short. I mean, so many people have these extreme spiritual goals and I am all for you doing a, a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I am here for it. Don't get me wrong. I am here for you doing it. But what I'm also here for you doing is creating um, routines that you can maintain. And that's what's essential in your Christian relationship in your in your faith journey is that you create 
routines that you can maintain. Because let me tell you, when your bank account on zero and you can't get to the Holy Land, you can't do your pilgrimage, honey, how are you going to make it? How are you going to make it? Let me tell you, you better open up that good old Bible. You better get down on the floor and pray and cry out to God and say, God, here I am. This is where you gave life to me, okay? If God gave life to me in Saginaw, Michigan, I must be able to reach God in Saginaw, Michigan. Can I get a witness? Um, I don't need to get to the Holy Land in order to get to the Holy One. Come on, somebody. So creating a routine that's sustainable is so important because it helps you in those moments where you feel like you're falling short, right? You haven't set goals that are impossible for you to reach on a day-to-day basis, right? They're realistic, they're practical. So figuring out what that practicality is like for your life is invaluable. It is so essential to you maintaining a healthy spiritual relationship. Now, what do you mean, Sierra, when you say, accept that you'll fall short? Are you telling me it's okay to slack off? No, ma'am, not at all. It is not okay for you to slack off. However, there are some days when you just won't get to everything, where I can't read every passage where I can't get through every verse. Sometimes I only get through one, some days I get through seven. It's okay, it's okay. God gives you grace to live another day. Therefore, you can catch up on the rest of those verses tomorrow. Go to bed, get some sleep, put on your face mask, take a bath, I don't know. But give yourself some space to fall short because whether or not you believe it, it will happen anyways. It is inevitable that in some areas we will fall short. Sometimes you also feel like your faith just isn't enough. And that's okay too. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is actually in Mark 9 where Jesus heals a boy who's possessed with an impure spirit. Um, You hear a lot of Jesus casting out spirits in the Gospels, but this is one where he does it. And he does it for a little boy, but the emphasis is more on the father. And Jesus's relationship, which I thought was so interesting because usually when Jesus healed somebody, it was like one on one. But this time it was like a three way. It was a, it was a three person healing. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is meeting this boy and he sees that he has a spirit in him. Right. The father is present as well. And Jesus replies, talking to the disciples who are there. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you and telling him about the boy and he says bring me the boy so they brought the boy to him and when Jesus saw the spirit it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion now this this is the tea honey it gets deep the little boy fell he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth Jesus asked the boy's father this is verse 21 how long has he been like this from childhood the father answered it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And then it goes on to say how Jesus commanded the spirit to come out of the boy. But let me tell you, verse 24 is my saving grace, y'all. I'm going to read it one more time. Everything is possible for one who believes. Verse 24. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. If that is not a word, you're going to fall short in your belief. 
But the saving grace that you have is that you can pray and cover your unbelief as much as you do your belief. God, help me believe. And God, if there's any part within me that doesn't believe, help that too, God. And you want to know why I'm so committed to this notion of unbelief? I've even built McKissick Health and Wellness off of this concept of as a believer, you can still have these moments of unbelief where you where you struggle to believe that God is able, but you really struggle to believe that you're capable of whatever it is God is trying to do through you. And you want to know where I get my justification from. In Luke 22, verse 32, Jesus is talking to Simon Peter. And he says, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Now, Simon was one of the disciples. Now, he was out there rolling with Jesus. And yet he struggled to believe. He struggled to have faith. He struggled to maintain his consistency in his spiritual relationship. And Christ was right there with him. Somebody, I don't know, can we get a Blue's Clues in the room? How, how, how is it possible? Because we are still human beings having a spiritual relationship. And that's why the scripture says, when my flesh is weak, God, you're my strength. You can be my strength. And so that's why we have to accept that we're going to fall short because we're human. We have not perfected our existence. We have not perfected our relationship with Christ in any way. That will lead us to believe that we could be perfect in our day-to-day living. All right? It is only by grace that we experience salvation and that we are forgiven for our sins. So please do yourself a favor and stop shaming yourself. Stop belittling yourself every time you feel like you get it wrong. Just go to God and say, God, I know yesterday I wasn't the best I could have been. Help me to live out my best every day going forward. Because there's the desire within you to have the relationship with God, you can't get it wrong, okay? You can't mess it up. As much as people within the church would love for you to believe that you praying wrong, that you don't sing the song right, that you didn't read the scripture well enough, your relationship with God is between you and God. Your commitment to other people is only that you treat them with love, compassion, kindness, and grace, okay? If you have met that requirement, then you are doing good, child. Keep pressing forward. I love Psalm 42 verse 1 because it says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. There's this inner desire that is pulling you towards God, even when you feel there's a disconnect, right? So the fact that you can say, oh, something feels off in my relationship with God and you still yearn for it to be right. That's the beauty in your belief that it always circles back around. The fact that Jesus says, and when you have turned back to Simon, strengthen your brothers, when you figured out how to get back to me, tell somebody else because they don't experience the same thing. And that's why I'm so committed to sharing testimonies. Because if I've experienced distance in my relationship with God, then surely somebody who's come before me or somebody who will come after me will experience that same thing. So it's important for us to not only tell one another how we've experienced it and what we do, 
but also affirm that the experience will happen again. And so we need to continue to share that story. I told y'all when I um decided not to take that job when I graduated and just venture out into entrepreneurship, I was broke, broke, brokey broke. <laughs> I was all the way broke and it was just like a really tough time because God knows if he wants to get my attention, hit me in my finances, child. Talk about money bag, money bag, money bag, girl. If you hit my money bag, you got my full attention only because I'm not like driven by money, but I understand what stability money provides. And so for me growing up in like the hood and just from a low socioeconomic background, I know I don't want to be broke for the rest of my life because I know what that type of poverty can do to people. And I've seen what it's like and I just don't want to go back, right? So when I was unemployed and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make this money, I just didn't really feel my relationship with God. I was like, yo, so you really put me through three degrees to let me come out broke? Straight up. That's cool. That's cool. Like, that's cool. That's what we're doing. You know, and so it really becomes this relationship with like a significant other where you just like really salty. <laughs> you just all in your feelings and you want no parts of the relationship anymore because it's just like this didn't work out how I thought it was going to work out. And therefore, I'm an exit stage left. It's difficult. That's a difficult spot because you want to be close to God, especially when you're like me and I was living a life of ministry. I'm like, come on, I've given you my best years and for it not to play out the way I thought it should, it was heartbreaking. At the same time, God is like, well, what is this relationship based on if it's not trust, if it's not faith? And at that point, I know God was feeling some type of way too because it looked like my faith was in money and not in God. My faith was in what the money could do for me and not what God could do for me. So by separating me from having this stable income, God was challenging me to place my belief in him and not in what I could do, not in what I could achieve, how much money I could earn. And that was a hard lesson, y'all. When I tell you it was a hard lesson, and I'm not even a person who like believes like, oh, I could just go out and do it myself. I'm all about community. So when I had to eat the fact that I was trying to rely more on what I could do and not what God could do through me to provide for me, I had messed up. And so it was really this um, just moment of begging God to forgive me for what had creeped inside of my heart that I didn't even know, like that arrogance, that um, entitlement that I deserve to make money because I'm great and I've done all this for you. Like, no, 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 no. I actually talk about that in my book, Faith Lessons, um, which I'll put a link to in the description of this episode because it had really rooted itself deep in my spirit. And I didn't want it. I didn't want it. And more importantly, God couldn't use me if it was there. So in falling short, it's not just about what you don't do in your relationship with God, but also the other things that come into your relationship in the process of you living out your relationship with God. Because I was still going to church, child. I was still praying. I was still doing what I thought God wanted me to do and had called me to do. And all along the way, I was picking up these little pieces of entitlement. 
picking up these little pieces of arrogance. And it just built up to the point where God's like, mm, press pause, let's strip her down and try to get rid of all these imperfections that we don't really need. And here I am today, child. So at the time when it was like, I don't want to pray. I don't want to read my Bible. It's like, really, fam? Like, now you're going to give up on faith? This would be the time where you, like, really put it into action. Not the time where you become so frustrated by what God is doing in your life that you distance yourself from God and potentially remove yourself from the place that you need to be in in order to get to the next level. Because that's what it was all about. God didn't just remove me from Nashville. didn't just remove me from working so that he could teach me one lesson no it was the lesson to get me to the next level and the moment I decide that I'm so irritated by having to learn this lesson I forfeit the next level and so that's what the real caution is behind working through the distance in your relationship you don't want to allow that distance to grow to the point that you forfeit the next level because you can't hear God, so you can't move when God tells you to move, and you don't want to talk to God, so you can't tell God what your desires are, even though God already knows. He's still like, but you're going to tell me, but I'm going to wait for you to tell me, because it's a relationship, right? There's this give and take. There's this balance that you have to create, and everybody's balance is unique, whereas I could sing and worship my way out of my distance you might need to fast you might need to give up some things you might need to start catching the bus instead of driving your car just to remind yourself how great of a luxury god has placed in your life and how those things don't have to be so you have to figure out what it is that is going to make you fall flat on your face in god's presence and remind yourself of why you need god and that's the essence of it Sometimes we get to a point where we forget that we need God. It's like, no, God is like this accessory. No, God is essential. It's not that God is a perfect display in my life. It is that God is the glue that sustains what you see every day. God is the thing that's holding this thing together, okay? It's not Mac or Maybelline. It is God who is making up this body, who is making up this spirit, who is making up this person that you see me present to you every day and the moment you forget that it is God who is holding you together that's when you start to feel that distance because it's like wait a minute I lost my connection and God is like uh yeah you left me back here because you thought you was good without me yo so let's fix that and the moment you're like oh no I'm good you'll feel more distance you'll feel further away from God and so one putting in that time to work on your relationship is essential. Second, accepting the fact that sometimes you're going to fall short, but you can pray, God, I still believe. Help my unbelief. That is going to be life-saving. It will save you from so many nights of being frustrated, of crying your eyes out, just lost in this what seems like a pool of discontent, but also it's just sadness. And it's sadness because you want to be with God, like you want to desire God, and yet something is getting in the way. And so until you pinpoint what that something is, you'll continue to feel that way. Until you work through what that something is and work through it doing the exact things that you're trying to keep yourself from. So if you find yourself saying, I don't want to worship, you need to go worship, boo. If you find yourself saying, I don't want to pray, 
that's exactly what you need to go do, boo. You need to go do the thing that you don't want to do because that is what you need to do in order to connect yourself back with God. There's one last thing I want to talk to you about. There's this song, and I love this song. It's by Elevation Worship. The song is called Here Again by Elevation Worship. And I love this song so much because it speaks to that distance that you feel um, in your relationship with God. And it reminds you that God is the thing that's consistent. We are the things that are moving. God's character is consistent. God's nature is consistent. We kind of go with the wind, um, try to figure out who's working, who's not working, which is why the Bible talks about being hot um, or lukewarm, hot, cold, or lukewarm, and the Lord spitting you out. Yes, because you need to pick. You need to choose. And so this song here again says, in my weakness, your glory appears. This is the end of one of the verses. And then the chorus is, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Not for one minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. The thought that not for one minute was I forsaken. The Lord really is here. Like God is still here where I left him. Like that just, if it doesn't make you smile, then you really, you really got to reconnect. You really got to get back on your game here and get into your devotional and get into your worship music and get into your prayer closet. Because the moment you recognize that God has been consistently there for you, should be the moment that changes your perception on everything that's happened to you. If God was there, then there was something I was supposed to be learning. And if God is always there, then there's always something I'm supposed to be learning, something I'm supposed to be paying attention to that's not only going to teach me something, but is going to transform my life. Here again by Elevation Worship reminds me of that same, it's like a contemporary version of that same feeling of like, here, it's here that I'm changed is here that I'm reminded of the sacrifice that Christ made and how that has changed my life. Fixing the distance that you experience in your relationship with God is really dependent upon your ability to put in time with God, actually seeking God out and praying and reading your Bible and listening to your worship music or singing yourself. And also accepting that you'll fall short in the spiritual routine that you set for yourself. When you open your eyes, give God a moment. Give God a moment to just show up in your life right there for you to just build that connection. It's like sending a text message. If you could just send that text message to God, like, hey, boo, how you doing today? Hey, God, how you doing? I hope you good. You made the sunrise extra cute this morning. I saw all the different colors. It was the yellow and the orange. Ooh, you fancy. So what you doing later? Like, go as crazy as you want to with it. Because being in prayer is just a constant conversation. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Because it's a constant conversation that you're having with God. It's not um, limited to whatever you can get out on your knees before it's time to go to work. No, even while you're in the car, while, you, while you're walking in the building, like, that's your time. That is your God, personal Jesus, personal Jesus that you can carry everywhere. Get you a pocket Bible, child, so you can read it anywhere um, and not 
feel like your relationship with God has to be limited to a certain space because that also creates distance when we think, oh, I can only do that at church. Whatever you do at church, you can certainly do at home. And I encourage you to do so in order to continue to work through your faith journey and also really fall in love with the God who created you, really fall in love with Jesus, find the fulfillment in the joy that is there waiting on you. And I'm convinced that once you do, you will be changed forever. Just like me, we all want to be accepted. We all want to be seen. We all want to be heard and loved on. And that is what God gives us. I pray that God reveals to you where God has been throughout your life. And sometimes that's less you feeling like a spirit hanging over you or comforting you and more so being able to see people in different faces that showed up at specific times. Um, for example, I can remember when my grandfather died my junior year in high school, there was, it was a huge funeral. Oh my gosh, huge funeral. And once we left the church, like I was blacked out, y'all. My grandpa was my heart, so I was all the way blacked out. Um, and when we got to the grave site and they were putting his body in the ground, I remember they prayed, somebody said amen, and I went to turn around. And the first person who was there was like one guy I went to high school with who was younger than me. And his brother was friends with my sister, but we weren't like extra close. But when I turned around, y'all, his arms were open wide and he just held me. And in that moment, it was like God. It wasn't about him. It was about God saying, baby girl, it's going to be okay. Moments like that, God shows up, but sometimes we miss it. We miss it because we are expecting to see God in one way and not another. And so if you can really open up your heart to, to just examine the places in your life, the corners of your life where God has shown up in ways you didn't expect God to, I'm sure it will bring you closer to God and you will be able to repair that distance that you feel in your relationship and you will be able to minimize that digital noise that threatens to distract you from what it is God is calling you to and what God is saying and what God is trying to do through you. So before we go, I'm going to pray because we didn't do a meditation today, but I'm totally going to pray for y'all because that is who I am. If we're not meditating, we're praying. Swap it out back and forth. Okay, so every head bowed every eye closed. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. Don't close your eyes. Go to God in prayer with me right now. God, I thank you for another day. I thank you for this person who has set aside time today to listen to this podcast, God, but not only listen to the podcast, but take a moment to encounter you. They've chosen to listen to this because they knew just maybe you'd show up. Just maybe if they press play, God, if they took a chance on believing that you would be here, that you'd be speaking in the midst, God, that you would really show up and remind them just how important they are, just how much you love them, God, just how much you've called them and anointed them to be somebody great and fearless in this world, God. I ask right now that the Holy Spirit enters into the innermost places of their heart, God, that the Holy Spirit begins to soothe every wound, God, that the Holy Spirit begins to wipe every tear, God. You've bottled them all, all their life, God. And so I ask that you recall to their memory every moment that you've been present. God, every time you cheered in the background, every time you held them when they cried, every time you showed up 
and showed out using somebody, something, someplace, God. Help them to remember your presence, God. Remind them of what it feels to be known and loved by you. Oh, Holy Spirit, I just feel that somebody right now needs to know what it's like to be adored by you, God. And you adore us so much. You love us so much, God, so much that you gave your only son so that we could be in relationship with you, God. So we rebuke the enemy's attempt to create us, to create distance in our relationship with you, God. We rebuke the enemy's attempt to take over our mind, God, to interfere with what we confidently believe and know to be true about our relationship with you, God, that you are here. You are a present God. You are a present help. In the time of trouble, God, that you are attending to our every need, every moment of every day, God, every day of every month, God, every month of every year, God, you are here. You are seeing us. You are attending to us. You are holding us, God. You are caring for us. And this is the reality we know. Remind us when we forget, God. We pray that you pray for us, God. Just as Jesus prayed for Simon, God, pray that we don't fail in our attempt to believe, God. But if we do fall short, when we do fall short, God, help us cover it, God. Cover it with your love. Cover it with your grace. Pull us close to you again, God. And remind us that you never left us. Give us strength to continue believing, God, to keep trying, to keep seeking and searching and praying that we find you just where we left you. God, give us strength and give us the love from our friends and family and church family and community members and anybody else who can show us even a reflection of who you are in our lives. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. Y'all go be blessed. Y'all go be great. Y'all go make good choices, okay? And believe that every choice you make is leading you closer to God. It's leading you closer to your purpose. And it's leading you closer to changing everything around you. Take care, y'all.